您好，欢迎来到夏洛茨维尔社区参与。That's right. April twentieth is Chinese Language Day, but perhaps more importantly, four twenty is also Lima Bean Respect Day, as well as National Banana Day and National Cheddar Fries Day. Is there anything else that signifies this day? While you ponder that question, I can tell you that this is Charlottesville Community Engagement, a podcast and newsletter that is back from a brief break and ready to get going with another year of information as it flows. As it is also National Lookalike Day, I'm your host, Ton Shubbs. On today's program, Charlottesville City Council gets an update on what environmental staff are doing to plan for climate action. Fatalities on Virginia roads have reached a 14-year high. Andy Parker concedes in the fifth district race to be the Democratic nominee. Paul Goldman explains in writing to a federal judge why he thinks a House of Delegates race must be run this year. And the Virginia House Finance Committee advances a bill that would provide a three-month period where fuel haulers would not have to pay a tax to the state of Virginia. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, the Rivanna Solid Waste Authority wants you to know about Electronic Waste Collection Day coming up on April 23, 2022. Residents of both Albemarle County and Charlottesville have the opportunity to drop off old electronics from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Ivy Material Utilization Center. Permissible items include computers, printers, VCRs, stereos, and televisions. People can dispose of up to 10 items. Only two tube-style monitors or televisions per person. You must register in advance online, where you will be given a time slot. Registration is limited to 110 people per hour. Visit rivana.org for more information. Nine hundred and sixty-eight people died on Virginia roads last year. That's the highest number in fourteen years, according to the Department of Motor Vehicles. Fatalities were up in several categories, including speed-related crashes, pedestrians, motorcyclists, young drivers, and bicyclists. The acting commissioner of the DMV is urging people to slow down, wear seatbelts, and avoid distractions. Linda Ford is also Governor Glenn Youngkin's highway safety representative, and she said that vehicles and roadways are safer than they ever have been, but yet there continue to be lives lost to senseless crashes. She's asking for people to do their part. Last year's numbers in Virginia are part of a national trend toward higher fatalities in 2021, when over 31,000 people died across the United States in the first nine months. The full data for the whole country will be available later this year. 2022 might be worse than 2021. So far this year, 245 people have been killed on Virginia roadways, which is a 12% increase over last year. A candidate who failed to get a thousand signatures to be on the Democratic ballot in the June 21st primary has conceded to the only one who met that threshold. Andy Parker made his announcement via Twitter on Monday. In his tweet, he said that he was looking forward to a spirited primary and campaign against the incumbent, Congressman Bob Good, but he did not meet the technical requirements to be on the ballot. Parker's daughter was murdered on live television while doing a report from Smith Mountain Lake in 2015, along with her colleague. 
The default nominee, Josh Throneberg, noted that in his statement on Parker's concession. First-term incumbent Bob Good faces Dan Moy in the Republican convention to be held on May 21st at Hampton Sydney College in Prince Edward County. That's right in the middle of the new 5th District, as drawn by two special masters appointed by the Virginia Supreme Court to complete the redistricting process last year. When the statewide primary is held on June 21st, will there be candidates for the House of Delegates on the ballot? Richmond attorney Paul Goldman hopes so and filed a new document on Monday arguing why Judge David Novak should not dismiss his case. To recap, Goldman filed suit against the Virginia Board of Elections last year, asserting that their certification of the 2021 election was unlawful because the districts were based on the 2010 census. Goldman argues that action violates the principle of one person, one vote, because some legislative districts are much larger than others. The old House District 87 ranked as the most populated, with 130,192 inhabitants. Old House District 75 ranked as the least populated, with 67,404 inhabitants. The response goes into detail in its claim that this deviation is unconstitutional and deserves a remedy in the form of an election this year based on the new districts. At heart, Goldman argues that none of the current members of the House of Delegates are in legally valid districts, citing the Kostner v. Dalton case that forced a House of Delegates race in 1982. Virginia's Solicitor General has until April 25th to respond to Goldman's response. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. In today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, the Charlottesville Jazz Society is partnering with the Front Porch and the Tom Tom Festival to host musician Joel Harrison and Free Country this upcoming Saturday. The free show will feature the guitarist, composer, and vocalist with the touring band of Adam Larrabee on guitar, Stefan Crump on bass, and Jordan Perlson on the drums. The timeless, haunting melodies of this music anchor the flights of improvisation that the band creates anew every night. The tour is funded in part by South Arts through the auspices of the Doris Duke Fund and the Jazz Road Initiative. For more information, visit frontporchseville.org. Earlier this year, the nonprofit group Community Climate Collaborative waged a campaign to get Charlottesville City Council to push staff toward meeting the city's greenhouse gas emission goals. On July 1, 2019, Council adopted a goal of reducing those gas emissions by 45% of 2011 levels by 2030 and to be carbon neutral by 2050. Council had an hour-long work session on the issue on Monday. Crystal Ritterwald, the city's Environmental Sustainability and Facilities Development Manager, led off the discussion. The city of Charlottesville has had an active climate program since 2007 when it committed to reducing community-wide greenhouse gas emissions by joining the U.S. Mayor's Climate Protection Agreement. Ritterwald said the city reaffirmed that commitment by also joining the Global Covenant of Mayors for Climate and Energy, which offers resources for both reduction of gases and adaptations to changing weather patterns. We use the terms climate action to be the umbrella for both of these areas of focus. 
presentation covered what work has been underway since the July 2019 goal was endorsed by Council. Ritterwald said there have been stumbling blocks to preparing a specific climate action plan, and one of those included the time it took to adopt a new comprehensive plan. She also said that going through several city managers during that period has also been an issue, as has been the loss of top management in city government. I, for example, have been serving not only as the environmental sustainability manager, but also since mid-2018 as the facilities development manager and have been pulled into a variety of COVID-related roles and responsibilities. The city is currently taking applications for a climate program specialist to assist with planning and action. The job closes April 29th, if you know of anyone. What we are looking at now is a reboot, a focused effort to bring this process back on the rails and to get on the same page. Ritterwald acknowledged the frustration on the part of climate groups, and she asked for the support going forward. Susan Elliott, the city's climate protection manager, said a climate hazard assessment is complete, a climate vulnerability assessment is underway, and the adaptation plan will be ready for review next year. In parallel with these planning activities on these two tracks, we are also still delivering a program aimed at supporting and achieving greenhouse gas emissions across our community. What we see when we look at our emissions community-wide is that approximately 95% of emissions are coming from the community outside of our local government control. About 30% comes from residential, 30% comes from transportation, and 30% comes from commercial uses. Those numbers will inform where government resources will go. This includes supporting and funding energy efficiency improvements, including hundreds of home energy assessments annually, helping to fund gas fill measures so that our low-income households are eligible for as many utility-funded programs as possible, providing energy-smart home rebates. Other recent initiatives include... This month, the city hired CMTA Energy Solutions to review public buildings to see how energy and water usage could be reduced. Charlottesville Area Transit is conducting a study of how vehicles might transition to alternative fuels. Charlottesville participated in an urban heat island study last summer, and lower occupancy in city buildings due to the pandemic led to less water and energy use. This morning, the city also released two public surveys to help inform future planning efforts. One is a climate action survey, and the other is a climate vulnerability assessment survey. Both of those close on May 20th. Finally today, the Virginia General Assembly is in special session, but there's not been much action. Yesterday, the House of Delegates Finance Committee heard testimony of a bill sent down from Governor Glenn Youngkin that would waive the state motor fuel tax from May 1st to July 31st. Here is Delegate Tara Durant, who carried the bill for the governor. The purpose for this bill is um, to help cut the cost for Virginia families and fight um, the price of gasoline that has increased 48%. Um, This uses unanticipated transportation revenues to provide Virginia's much-needed tax relief. Under the bill, the tax would be restored to half-strength in August and September before going back to normal in October. Speaking to the bill, Transportation Secretary Shep Miller talked about its fiscal impact. The revenue impact for the 22-24 budget that I'm responsible for is about $470 million dollars. That's about 12% reduction in the motor fuels tax over the 26-month period in question. 
and the total CTF collections during that same period is $14 billion. So this represents about a 3% reduction. Democrats are skeptical that any of the reduction in the tax will translate to lower prices at the pump because consumers don't actually pay the tax directly. Here's Delegate Vivian Watts, a Democrat from the 39th District. I wanted to make sure that the patron was aware that the gas tax is collected when the tanker truck fills up. And there's no guarantee at all that when I fill up my tank that if there's no gas tax charged that I'm going to benefit from this. Delegate Sally Hudson, a Democrat from the 57th District, said many in the state want to invest more in transportation. When I hear from Virginians, I hear them tell me that they think our transportation infrastructure is inadequate or even behind, that the roads are too crowded, their commutes are too long, the buses are infrequent and unreliable. We have nothing approaching modern commuter trains. Durant said no existing projects would be cut, but that this action would just lower the amount of funds available in exchange for tax relief. Testimony against the bill came from Virginia's for Better Transportation, the Amalgamated Transit Union, the Virginia Transportation Construction Alliance, the Northern Virginia Chamber of Commerce, Virginians for High Speed Rail, the Old Dominion Highway Contractors Association, the New Virginia Majority, and the Virginia Association for Commercial Real Estate. Another group is the Southern Environmental Law Center. Here is Trip Pollard. This coalition and includes some pretty strange benfellows. Testimony in favor of the bill came from a series of individuals representing small businesses or speaking to their own pain. Here's Colonel Courtney Whitney, who served in the Yunkin campaign. I'd rather spend the money than have the government spend the money. Democrats on the committee sought to introduce a substitute that would issue a direct tax relief of $50 to Virginians for each registered motor vehicle, but that effort failed. On voice vote, the motion to advance the bill passed, and it will now move to the House Appropriations Committee. No meetings are currently scheduled. And that's it for this scheduled edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement, and I thank you for listening. When will the next one be? Will it be tomorrow? Will it be the day after that? Not quite sure yet. Feeling a little bit under the weather today, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Definitely, one will definitely be out by Friday. This has been a good week to kind of take a little bit of a break and look around, look around, and how lucky we are to be alive right now. I am Sean Tubbs, the host of this program here uh, on episode 366. I want to thank everybody who has supported us to get to this point. I also would like to ask if you have not supported yet, uh, please do consider that. If you do subscribe through Substack with a credit card, the company Ting will match that initial amount, which is a great way to continue uh, this program. I have been doing this now for almost two years, and I've been really glad to do it. Hope to keep doing it into the near future and uh, beyond. Of course, that is the goal of this, the goal of Town Crier Productions, and uh, that's why Ting is making that contribution to get this going for a while. I look forward to producing the next one and hearing from you. If you have any questions or comments, please drop me a line. My email is easy to find. And if not, uh, respond in the newsletter. You could even do a remix version of this. Send it back to me if you like. I don't think anybody's going to do that. In the meantime, stay safe out there, stay alert, and stay informed. 
and go back and listen to more of this and send it on to other people. I am Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. Thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.